Has God ever had a talk with you? That's the sermon titled this morning. Has God ever spoken to you? That's the, the thought I want to really think about more than anything else this morning and see where that then maybe goes and see if we can make something happen. Does God really talk to people like you and me? Now, we can go... My faith is strong enough. Some people might say simple enough. I don't like the thought simple because that makes sounds like a simpleton. My faith is strong enough to believe that God actually spoke to Adam. In the cool of the day, God wanted to walk with him. I believe that there was a person, a first person, who walked on the face of the earth and God talked with him. My faith is strong enough to believe that God talked to a man named Noah and said, go build an ark. My faith is strong enough to believe that Saul didn't make this Damascus Road thing up, that God actually spoke to him in an audible voice and it totally transformed his life. I believe my faith is strong enough to believe that this young girl by the name of Mary, a young middle teenager, and an angel came, not God himself, but God sent an angel. My faith is strong enough to believe that God loved her enough to say, don't be afraid. And I believe there was also another Mary, one called Mary of Magdala, that God also sent an angel to talk to her and say, hey, don't worry, he's risen. I got this. Kind of like the racetrack, I got this. My faith is strong enough that God has talked with people in the past. So let's think a little more deeply about another person God spoke to. You see, a long time ago, there was a really good guy, and uh, everything seemed to be going pretty well for him. His life was, was really good. He had a good family, as far as we can tell from everything we read in Scripture. His connections were good. He was, seems like he was reasonably comfortable. His life wasn't in crisis. But deep in his heart, it seemed like he was asking a question. And his question was really this. This good guy was saying, is this all there is to life? Have you ever asked that question? Have you ever been points in your life when you said, is there anything more? What am I doing just spending my time? Some of you who are young mothers or remember the days when you were a young mother, can you remember just the dailiness of life? When, you know, it's 7 o'clock and I've already had my third cup of coffee because the kids are driving me crazy. That's not Brian, because he still is sleeping soundly at 7 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and 8, and 9, and 10, and 11. Is this all there is to life? And I think that God says, well, a matter of fact, no. It isn't just the dailiness. There's so much more to life, and I have so much more for you. That day, when this individual was asking that question, God was saying to him, you need to leave and as I thought about that leave, here's what I came up with. He had to leave his comfortable country. He had to leave his comfortable family. He had to leave all the friends he had behind. And the biggest thing he had to leave was he had to leave alone asking, am I in charge? He had to say, okay, Lord, it's you. Well, you know who that man was, don't you? When God said to leave, and it was Abraham, I want you to come and walk with me, and if you do, I promise you, I will bless you beyond anything you can imagine. Put yourself in there for just a second, would you? If you listen to the Lord, he will bless you. I believe that. 
So I've got some, I, I've called it crazy questions. And this is what I want to base everything on this morning. And I've got three crazy questions. The first one is this. We've already talked about it a little bit, and I'll talk about it very mo- a little bit more briefly. Does God still call people like he did Abraham? Does God still talk to people like he did to Abraham? Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. And here's the, the second question. How can we hear God if he wants to speak with us? Okay, that's, we've got to think about that one just a little. It's, it's, it's easy, okay? It's an easy one, but we need to talk about it. And then the third one that I'll spend a little more time with is this. How can people like you and me respond to God in 2021? So question number one is this. Does God still speak to people? Well, you'd expect me as a pastor to say yes, right? I mean, that's what you'd expect. I mean, that's what I do. I've done it for a living for an awful long time, and you'd expect me to say yes. But... um, you know, we talked about Adam and Noah and Mo- Moses. You know, hey, you get up there and talk to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. I mean, God has done this. He has always spoken to people. And th- the big thing that I'm seeing here is he's saying, dare to leave your selfish ways and step out on this journey of faith with me. Now, while I believe that's biblical, I also want to say it's personal. Now, Pastor David forever up here has been talking to us about my story most of you don't know my story about why I am a pastor. There's a couple of you here who know my story. And I'm not going to tell the whole thing because it would take me now until 2 o'clock. And you don't want to stay that long, nor do I. Uh, but in brief, it's this. In 1971, on a Saturday night, I had been preparing to teach junior high uh, boys Sunday school class for the next morning. And as my custom was at that time, when I got done preparing that, it was 11-ish or so at night, I knelt next to my bed and was doing, just praying. Door was shut, and uh, I thought somebody came into the room. And I opened my eyes and looked around, and there was nobody there. Went back to prayer again. And I heard somebody speaking to me. And I looked, and there was nobody in the room. Now, guys, you know, you who know me know I'm not a very one of those people who hears voices all the time and stuff like that. And I had a Samuel moment. And I said, okay, Lord, if this is you, what are you saying? And the words were very simple. I want you in my ministry, as it was as plain as that. Now... I was not going in that direction. At that moment, I was working for Gillette in South Boston. That's the direction life was going. I was happy. Wait a minute, I'm a little bit like Abraham. Good family. Everything was A-OK. I want you in my ministry. I said, well, Lord, let's put the fleece out. Remember that story, too? If this is really you, and I made it so hard on God, it was impossible that I would ever be in the ministry. I said, okay, tomorrow morning, I want you to ask the pastor to have testimonies on Sunday morning for me to tell everybody that you've called me into ministry. Now, guys, I had been in that church for nine months before I was born every Sunday. There had never, ever, 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 ever been testimonies given on Sunday morning. Oh, Sunday night sometimes the pastor would say, anybody have anything they want to share? On Sunday morning, never. 
I avoided the pastor like fury. I went and taught my Sunday school class, stayed out of the way, never talked to them, never saw them. I didn't want to even make eye contact with them. I was sitting about like where Tom is over here and sitting with my little charge that I had little probably five-year-old Jeffrey who was always with me on Sunday morning that I had to try to control. And uh, during the first hymn, I could see the pastor. This is when the pastor sat on the platform and he was sitting about over on this side and I'm over there and the song leader is in the middle. First hymn, and I can see the pastor is agitated. First hymn is sung. Second hymn is sung. Just before we start the second verse, pastor comes up and puts his arm and says, Bill, I need to say something. In 37 years of pastoral ministry, I've never had God speak to me like this, but God is just telling me somebody in the congregation has something they need to share. I nearly fell over the pew in front of me. God still speaks. There's my story, and folks, that is as real as can be. And on days when life has stunk as a pastor, and yes, it does not have always easy days, I say, Lord, you called, and you've got a purpose. God still speaks. Question number one, does God still speak? Yes. Question number two, how might we expect to hear from God? Well, this is dead simple. You have to listen. You can't go filling with all kinds of other noise. It was like in the piece I read from the My Beloved where it says, maybe you need to find a, a quiet room or a quiet garden or something and just be alone with God. To hear God speak, there has to be some element of faith, of trust. I don't know what word you might want to put in there. You have to then also obey the Lord when he talks to you and say, Yes, Lord, your servant listens. I, I am here. Abraham stepped out with God, not knowing where God was leading, only knowing it was God that was doing the leading. That was my experience last week at the racetrack, too, okay? I, I just, there's no way this is going to be successful. Lord, it's yours. And God did it. So what is it? How might we hear from God? Duh. Listen. Listen. He's willing to speak. How does he speak to me? He might speak to you the same way. He speaks to me through music, words of a song, a hymn. He speaks to me through scripture. He speaks to me through you guys. If I listen. So the first question was, how does, does God still speak to people? The second one is, you know, how might we expect to hear from God? And the third question is this one. How do I respond when I do hear from God? Well, this is another one. Of the, this is, you know, this is a... Somebody told me a long time ago, if you preach at about a fourth or fifth grade level, the people will get it. This is a second grade level. You have to choose. How do I respond? Now, I'm not trying to demean you by saying, you know, my last church, I had a church full of PhDs, and I still tried to make it understandable. 
How do I respond when I do hear God? We have to choose. We have to choose to choose to listen. Do you remember when God <clears throat> asked Solomon, who had just been newly crowned king, ask me whatever you want me to give you? Remember that? Now, I'm going to ask you, uh, what would you ask God for? Now, I'm just going to, I'm telling you stories here this morning about myself and things because I think that makes it easy to grasp. Over 25 years ago, I used to teasingly say as I was going out to the mail, I'd say to Julie, well, see if our $30,000 check came today. <laughs> maybe back 25, 30 years ago, maybe that's how much money we needed. I still say it. With inflation, I should up that $30,000, i am sure. But I guess we needed some money back then, and I was saying that. Maybe that's all I was asking God for. I don't know. But maybe the Lord is saying to you, what one thing is most important for you? What do you need? What would you ask for if God said to you, if you heard God totally clearly, and he said, I will give you whatever you ask for? I've thought about that question many times. I really have, guys, because I've preached that sermon of, you know, God speaking to Saul. Uh, yeah, thank you. And, and saying, what do, you, what do you want? And he said, I want to know how to rule these people. That's the thing he asked for. And God said, good one. I'll help you with that one. I've thought about it. And you know, I, I've never really thought about asking for money. I've never thought about asking for uh, a bigger church. You know, those things. I've, I've never asked for those things. I have thought a number of times, because again, of what I've had to do as a pastor and dealing with um, so many senior citizens in the church. And mom, our church, our family lives to be antique. She's still young in our family. When her mother went to 97 and her mother went to almost 102 and one of her one of uh, her grandmother's sisters went to 107. I've thought many times, Lord, I don't want to be a burden to others. I don't want to be a halfwit when I get there. I want to, I still like to be, you know, going strong. I still want to do my woodworking. I still want to go out hunting. I still want to be able to stand up here and hopefully say something that makes sense to you and not ramble too much. I mean, I, I've thought about those things. I'm going to come at it from a totally different direction for a minute. Uh, a few weeks ago, standing over by the coffee pot in the other building, uh, I was relating a story to a couple of the ladies who were standing there at the time. I said, the most fun day of my life was, I was eight years old, and my great-grandmother, the one who lived to be almost 102, took me to the Salvation Army Corps in Chelsea, Massachusetts. And I was given the job that day by my great-grandmother and Mrs. Mully and a couple of other ladies whose names I don't remember to go into the storage closet that was there and breaking every single piece of dishes that were there. Can you imagine an eight-year-old boy being given a hammer and a bunch of barrels and saying that every single cup, plate, saucer, platter in here we want smashed into bits and put into these barrels? 
for the Salvation Army had just received a beautiful matching set of everything they would need to serve people for hundreds of people at the meals that they would serve there. It doesn't get any better than that when you're eight. I came out and found a piece of pipe, and I, after the, I got tired of the hammer, and I found a piece of pipe that was out there, and I came in and closed the door again, and I'd throw cups up and swing at them. <laughs> These are the days before OSHA, before over-the-top child safety things. No, read, no safety glasses, nothing else. I lived! Uh, maybe I'm damaged, I don't know. But man, I'll tell you, that was the most fun day of my life. Who could ask for anything more? That day I couldn't think, I couldn't think of anything that could bring me more satisfaction than that. But do you know what I decided was most important? If we answer God's call, if we listen for his voice in any lesser degree than saying from our hearts, I want to be where you are. There is what we should be looking for. In my opinion this morning, that's what we should be looking for. Lord, I want to be where you are. For that will give us joy. That will give us the peace and the satisfaction and all that we need. I want to walk with you. I want you to walk with me wherever we go. Then, and if we don't say that, we're kind of like the boy in the storage room and we're just getting kicks. And we're not getting deep sense of peace. We want to simply have a good time when God wants us to have it all. I know that many of you have watched that movie series, The Chosen. The piece I liken that the most is the actor portrayal of Matthew. It's, it's a fascinating portrayal of him. It was a young guy who's got everything and is totally unsatisfied with everything. And Jesus comes up to him one day and just says, follow me. And he does. And he leaves the stuff and walks with the Lord. Because I think that Matthew was also saying this question, is this all there is to life? And Jesus helped him see, no, there's a whole lot more. As I was working on this message, uh, I got a text from a friend of mine, and uh, he was telling me that, he said, I am I'm just going home from the closing on the sale of my business. And he said, thank you for being customer number one. And I texted him back. I said, if I had known you were closing on your business today, I would have made sure I was the final customer as well. And he said, well, you're a little late. I sold it at 4, and this was now like 4.10. Now, I tell you that to let you know that Dan and I have been friends for over 40 years. And our friendship has been an interesting one. 
The final year I pastored in Watertown, New York, I contacted Athletes in Action, Christian organization, and again, this is one of those things I, I don't, I said, I have no idea how we'll ever pull this off, but we're going to try. And they sent me an athlete that transformed an awful lot of people, an awful lot of students in Watertown, New York, and the surrounding villages and cities. The athlete they sent me was the overall number one pick in the NFL draft in, 1990, in 1970. All pro, Hall of Famer, unbelievable. If I tried to put my arms around him, I couldn't do it, and I tried a few times. Monster, lineman, big dude. The reason we were able to get, we got him into 10 assemblies in five days, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And the reason the school systems would allow this Christian to come in is because Mike McCoy nearly died, heart had stopped due to alcohol poisoning when he was a teenager. He got so blessed drunk, he was dead. And somehow, somehow, the doctors revived him. And that was the turnaround for Mike. So we were able to get him into the school because he was able to talk to the kids about alcohol and drug abuse. And we were right up front and said, but he will say the whole thing is because of who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus did in my life. Mike is an absolutely born-again Roman Catholic who loves Jesus to his heart. Now, I was only there that year, and then I moved. Now, I'm telling you the whole dumb story for this reason. Dan just sold his business. Every year since that first year, Dan has headed up bringing another athlete into the school systems up there. And his business funded it every single year. Because Dan heard the Lord say, Dan, you're not an evangelist. Dan couldn't have, if you came and sat in front of him and said, I want to know Jesus, help me, he'd go, go find somebody else. He doesn't know how to do it. But he knew how to bring somebody else in that would transform the life of literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of young people. He heard God's voice, and he responded to it. Now, I'm no Dan, I'm not a Matthew, I'm not an Abraham, and neither are you. Well, maybe you might be, I don't know. But as you come to faith in Christ and then follow him, our life is so much more than simply words and rules and the little prayers we pray from time to time. Until we are walking with God, we are missing what God wants us to be, even if we are as rich as these guys who are having this space race out there. These billionaires, I'm going to make an editorial comment, wasting money on sending people for 30 seconds in space, whatever it is. I didn't say that. But if we are really seeking to walk with God, we will have everything we need 
even if we are shipwrecked or in prison or going through a family trauma or whatever. Is Jesus calling you? Is calling to you? Is Jesus talking to you? Is Jesus leading you? And is he saying, do you dare to come and walk with me? It's a scary thought, isn't it? It really is a scary thought. On that Saturday night in 1971, the Lord spoke to me. I was scared out of my mind. I didn't want that at all. It wasn't going to happen. But the Lord said, walk with me. Evelyn, can you put up that closing covenant prayer, please? I would like you, in closing, this is where, how I want to finish up this morning. This was uh, from John Wesley's annual covenant service. And he would ask all of his preachers and lay preachers that annually they would, as a congregation, read this together. And I'd like you to read this together with me. Can we do that right now? I am no longer your, my, my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed by you or laid aside for you, exalted for you, or brought low by you. Know this one? There we go. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. Not bad, is it? was something written hundreds of years ago. Let's pray. Father, I ask that each one of us might be able to truly say, I am yours. We might hear your voice. We wouldn't just be playing at things to be happy and to make life easy, to have the fun things happening like breaking up old pottery and crockery not just to have those moments of, of, of a high, but to have a deep, settled peace, to know that we are in the center of your will. Father, I just call to each person who is here right now and those who are watching us online to take a moment and say, Lord God, I am yours. I need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. Father, I feel like so many times it's like on any of us on our cell phones and we get away from a cell tower and you are saying, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Lord, I pray that we would always have a strong connection and we would hear you and we would respond. Lord, I pray now your blessing on the church of Jesus Christ as we go from here, that we would be the people that you lead because, Lord, there are so many who are in need. Guide us and guard us and help us to be a blessing for the sake of others right now. For, Lord, I bring these things in Christ's name. Amen.